0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: We just want to just acknowledge, thank you for joining us. Uh, My son currently has a cold, so hi Bear, I love you, I miss you. Uh, This morning as I drove out of home, he sat there, I stood there at the front balcony, just doing this little sad wave. I was like, oh, gee, gee, my son. Um, So, yeah, people are feeling a bit under the weather, but our God is a healer, and we declare healing in Jesus' name because he is bigger. Awesome. Who here likes dad jokes? Or mum jokes? Okay, I'm going to give you a couple, uh, so don't blame me. They're terrible, but here we go. Why couldn't Jonah trust the ocean? Because he knew there was something fishy about it. What kind of mobile phone did Delilah have? A Samson. How do we know Peter was a rich fisherman by his net income? Oh, oh. Why didn't Noah ever go fishing? He only had two worms. How long did Cain hate Abel? As long as he was able to. you want a couple more? Is this just totally terrible? Who was the smartest man in the Bible? Abraham, he knew a lot. I like the layers of just, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, (laughs) these are for the people who know their Bibles, these next ones, so, what kind of person was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless. (laughs) Ruthless. Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson, he bought the whole house down. I'll give you two more, so we'll finish at 10. <laughs> Gee. Uh. Which Bible character had no parents? Joshua, son of Nun. One more, one more. <laughs> oh, geez, some of these are so terrible, I just can't, I can't put you through them. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. All right, who in the Bible liked to drink soft drink? Habakuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Wow, that was really, really bad. That was really, really. Uh, yeah, gee, gee, G. That's oh, good. It's good to have a bit of a chuckle. That's um, just. Why don't we just take a moment and just? There's a prophetic edge at the moment on our church, and this morning it's it's still here. It was here last Sunday. And it's still here today. So let's just lean into that, to that for a moment. Father, we thank you for your, for your goodness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we, just, um, we ask you to help us have open ears this morning to the things of the Spirit of God, to the voice, to the whisper. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to what you would have us see. Lord, where we have scales over our eyes, where we've become... Uh, We have filters that make things blurry holy spirit i pray just for clarity and for clear sight to see what you're doing i pray lord that you would cause this community of people to rise up with your fire and rise up with your spirit and that um, just we would have more of you lord more surrender more of you less of us Let our hearts surrender, Lord. Just help us be people of surrender. Surrendering to what you have. We honor you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last Sunday, um, Pastor Charlie spoke, and she's going to be tonight uh, with us with the revival night. And that's simply a night for those who are just hungry for more of God. Just, it's going to be a night of ministry, a night of worship. um, And she's busting at the seams, bursting at the seams to to share what God has in her heart. It's going to be great. And last Sunday, just to recap, because I think we should recap our previous week, especially if we're on a series, but she spoke about um, a prophetic word about having a church that, that can say, you know, what, what do we hear and what do we see? Encouraging us to hear God afresh and to look up. Look up into all that God has. Um, the Holy Spirit is wanting us today to look up, to lift our focus, to lift our eyes away from the noise and away from the distraction and away from the fears and away from the insecurities and to say, Jesus, we look to you as the author and perfecter of our faith. That's the heart of God for us this morning. Um as was speaking then, I could just see in my spirit, and I'll, I'll tell her, and I think um, James might be outside with Jack, but I could just see just like a, a breakthrough anointing on her. Yeah. If you notice, there's just a, a, an edge there where she's like, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks, I'm going for you, God. Yeah. And there's something about having a breakthrough anointing and a breakthrough mentality one that isn't about ourself, but is about surrender to him. And this morning I encourage you. We're going to talk practically about some things around the church, but in that, have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and what he is saying to our church. Um, there is a prophetic noise. Um, I know that this sermon this morning, if you in your heart, be praying for me as I minister because I know when there's something when we're pushing against something because it affects my dreams. And, and twice this week, um, I had dreams where de- a demonic force was shushing me, literally going, shh, shh. And I mentioned it to Charlotte. She said, well, that's good. <laughs> we're going to be going into a, a, a season, this next season, talking about giving, talking about impacting generations. And the enemy doesn't want us to speak anymore. You know, he's also trying to shush you. He's trying to shush you, discourage you, distract you, get you to a place where you just think I'm not gonna do say or do anything anymore. I'm gonna give up on that dream, give up on that word, give up on that moment. And God says, No, no, I will make a way. How amazing. One thing that's really been impressed on my spirit for the last uh, last few years, but probably especially the last six months, is just this uh, sense that the Father heart of God is wanting to manifest among his people. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Father heart of God, the Father heart of God. The Bible talks about, Paul says this, he says, You may have 10,000 teachers among you, but not many fathers. You might have 10,000 teachers, but not many fathers. And I'm on this journey of moving and thinking and processing and sitting with God when it comes to having a father attitude, a father mentality when it comes to the house of God. The thing is, though, the thing is about fathers is we think that being fatherly is, well, you're going to teach. The very thing Paul says about you have many teachers but not many fathers, our default is to actually go, well, a father teaches. So we think that when we tell people what to do, that that's what a father does. And it is what a father does, but being a father is bigger than that. Prophetically over Celebration Church, I want to just declare again this morning that there is an anointing and a grace for people to be mothers and fathers in the faith, yeah. to have hearts that adopt others, protect, look after, champion, look out for, include, love, love deeply. Those that might not be blood relatives, but those that we see in the Spirit of God. How good's that? And if you're a Christian here, I encourage you that there should be an element in your heart that is motherly or fatherly when it comes to God's house. I'm learning this more and more because I'm a dad. My son's two years old, two and a, or two, two and a quarter, two and a half. And I know how what my heart is towards him. My heart towards him is a love I can't express. My heart towards him is a a drawing and a protection and a covering and a championing and, and a joy that I can't even express very well in words. And that is a similar heart we need to have As a house for those in the house. Imagine a church that knew how to step into the anointing of not being 10,000 teachers, but being the few fathers. Does that make sense? Again, this is a word that's very hard to articulate. So the Spirit of God needs to illuminate your heart. It needs to illuminate your spirit, because it's hard to to put into words. Last night, we... um, we done our first backyard fire pit with, with Bear and it was a bit too windy to be honest it was freezing and it was awesome <laughs> because he's seen our fire inside the house we have like a fire a, uh, a fireplace but to sit with an open flame with a two year old is a little bit risky so we started the fire, we went and got the fire pit, we went and got the sticks, we got everything together and got, you know, we said, Let's, and we, we get him to light it, we give him one of those long long things that you light with and we, he thinks he's lighting it but it's really your hand over his hand lighting it. And this little two-year-old is just like, this is, like literally he said, this is great. And then he looked at the sunset and he said, amazing. <laughs> It's a curious kid. Yeah. And then a few minutes later, yeah, you know, the, the colours had changed on the clouds and he said, cute. <laughs> it's cute. So, like, who are you learning these words from? Obviously, Charlotte. <laughs> and we sat out there in this freezing wind and had the best time as a family. We had some music playing, had some John Mayer playing, actually cruisy music, not Christian but cruisy and just enjoyed a moment as a family we have a big uh, Newfoundland dog, she's 55 kilos she looks like a a bear and she was sitting alongside us around the fire so it was my wife, my son and our 9 year old Newfoundland, every day we're thankful to have her and I just thought I feel so rich. I feel like I feel this is just this is it. Bluey was off the TV. (laughs) All the parents know what I'm talking about. The cartoon, if you don't know what that is, that every kid loves. And I was just us sitting there, being present, enjoying the moment. And it just it spoke to me about God's house. That's what God's house is. Yeah. Sitting around a fire, enjoying the moments with God and each other. Yeah. Creating memories. Looking out, I'm looking out for my son. He's there, he gets, goes up to the fire and every time he gets a bit closer. No, no, you're too close now, mate. Come on, step back. Being protective, being aware. Looking out for the next generation, but at the same time, having the greatest moment together. This is God's house. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The church isn't just three songs and some giving and a message. It's more than that. It's real relationship. Last week, Charlie spoke about her, her journey and she was very vulnerable about how she had to go through major back surgery two months ago and how that's why she hasn't been around much she's been recovering but our connect group just became this amazing like meal making loving checking in family why do we always talk about connect group for the seasons where you have a back that needs surgery <laughs> The seasons where your marriage is struggling. The season where your kid's going off the rails. The season where your finances are falling over. The seasons where you're not running or feeling like you've got it all together and someone says, we love you still. Yeah. Get into connect. Find a connect. I'm trying to find one. I need come and speak to Pastor Joel. He'll put you on one like that. Build relationship. Why? Because we're called to have fire pit moments. And so when it comes to our miracle offering every year, we do this on purpose because it enables our church to think beyond us, beyond our generation. There's a quote you're going to hear me say quite a few times, and it's this. It's, a wise man, a wise man plants a seed for a tree in which he will not enjoy its fruit. I'm always so inspired by the generations before me when it comes to this church. Because, you know, this stage was physically built by my dad and some of the men in church. And I know that because he put a hand saw through his hand over there. And he had to get microsurgery on his hand. Do you remember that, Wayne, Mary? He was doing his bit so that I could stand here today and minister he paid a price for. Probably a bit too much for. This week, um, we're trying to raise our son uh, with wisdom. The one way we're trying to do that is, when I go to work and I work for the church... We don't don't say, but Daddy's going to church. We say, Daddy's going to work. Because we don't want him to think that church is taking his Daddy away from him. Does that make sense? And the benefit of that is, is that he comes out through the week here and he goes, yes, church! And he said to Charlotte the other day, he's walking walking up the car park, he said, he said, Mommy, I love church. I'm like, awesome. And then he walks in and he found my the notes, and he held my hand, he said, Daddy come, this is what he says, Daddy come, where are, you, where are we going, Daddy come, where are, Daddy come, and he'll grab my hand and he'll just pull me, he said, wait, come on, we're going, pull me into the church, down here, maybe sit there, I'm thinking, what is this kid doing? <laughs> Again, he's only two and a bit, it's like he walks up here, my notes are on the front row, and stands here. And there's a microphone, one of these mics, and he's trying to talk into the mic. <laughs> I got it on video. I should actually show it at some point. But it's, it's just, and he's this—he's just, just doing what he sees his dad do. And so, when it comes to the next generation, I want to make sure that the local house is a place of joy for him. And this morning, as we left, daddy's going to work. It's not that he's going to church. That is putting church over you is going to work. So, and he's there just sad, like I said, sad. Bye, daddy. I'm just like, oh, come on. And, and it's generational thinking. So, this house, this house, the house of God, this physical dwelling, the house of God is a spiritual dwelling, that we get to be blessed by physical dwellings, it was built by people who most of you don't know. And guess what? In 20 years, people will sit in the blessing of today and you probably won't even know the people. You might. Some of you won't, though. These pillars that were built, these cinder blocks, literally, were placed there, not just by hired people we got in, but by the church, by volunteers. My dad tells the story, because if you're new here, my dad was a pastor and my mom here for 31 years They had a bunch of men and women who committed months of after work every weekend coming out and just building and building and building. It's hard to get people just to serve on a roster here sometimes. It was a different mentality. You know what it was though, church? It was a generational mentality. And we have to move, our church has to move from a today mentality to a generational mentality mentality you're going to hear me talking about this a lot because we need to get this and a generational mentality is a fatherly mentality and it thinks about the generations yet to come but it takes a very big person to put a seed in the ground today for a tree that they will never benefit from pretty cool hey will you be that person will I be that person Will I be the person that will sow in today, sacrificially, so that Bear's children and their children are blessed well before I'm gone? Is this okay? You're going to hear this more and more. I think there's a prophetic utterance when it comes to us moving our hearts more into being fatherly and motherly and generational in our thinking. And you know you're generational in your thinking because when you see young people, they don't scare you to running the other way you move towards them <laughs> i was convicted just recently i was at a gathering and there was a young person there and i spent the whole the whole gathering and i didn't say day to them and i drove home and i thought i missed that i missed the mark then it might have been uncomfortable it might have been what do we talk about i could have every reason but i missed the chance To simply connect to generations. (laughs) Does that make sense? Let me just give you a couple of thoughts here. Psalm 102.18, and sorry guys, you don't have the slides for these, but Psalm 102.18 says, Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Why don't you turn there with me? Psalm one hundred and two. Verse eighteen. Psalm hundred and two eighteen. When you got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? It said it says this let this be recorded for a generation to come. Now when I talk about generations, I talk about anyone who's living right now. But there is a generation to come. There is a Rowan generation coming through. And not just that, there is Rowan's kids after that. And marking at the back is going to be fully (laughs) grey. Generations are yet to come. Do we have the foresight and the prophetic utterance and wisdom to see what's yet to come? It says, let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the lord let it be recorded so that those who are yet to be created will praise him i praise god for this stage i praise god for these walls i praise god for the fact that we live in a debt-free property live we attend the church on a debt-free property Because we had forefathers and foremothers who went, we will sacrifice and do what we can for the generation, for the bears, my son, who is yet to even come. And literally, he's up here with his little dad's nose. Next generation. The power of a community that is multi-generational in thinking is a community that will change generations. And will we be this? Will we be a multi-generational thinking church? Because our challenge is, our society is all about us and now. It's all about what we need now. It's all about what's happening in church now. I encourage you to have a multi-generational attitude when it comes to serving in the house of God. Even the youth here have a multi-generational mentality. Think about the kids. Think about the future. Think about those yet to come because that's where God's heart is. (laughs) So you're hearing the prophetic instruction. God is moving us to become a generational church. That statement is huge. Those who have been in this church for a while, hear God is moving us into being a generational thinking church. A church that thinks about those yet to come. A church that fights for those yet to come. A church that fights for normals today that tomorrow's generation can enjoy. Because we get to benefit the normals of today our forefathers fought for. There are people in this room, the older generation, who fought for things so that the younger generation can be here today. And we honor them. But their jobs aren't done. We're called to keep fighting, to keep sowing, to keep seeing. What is faith, church? Faith is seeing things that aren't yet there. The confidence of things yet seen. The assurance of things yet seen. Can I ask you the question? Do you have eyes to see beyond this current generation? Do we have eyes to see the second and third and fourth generation yet to come? (laughs) Pastor Joel and the team here will tell you, I stink like this with our church finances, with our facilities, with what we're planning. I'm not just doing it for us today. I'm thinking about those yet to come. So here's the challenge for our generation today especially those who are below 40. Yeah, listen up. Those above 40, a lot of them, fought for us to be in this building, fought for us to be on this property. But what have we fought for that those in 30 years will benefit from? I mean, physically, what have we built that those in 30 years would be blessed by? I mean, there's some over 40s that didn't do anything either. But those who did, we honour you. Yeah. But the challenge goes ahead of us and says, what are we building for those yet to come? Yeah. Pretty awesome, hey? Yeah. How can we sow seeds for trees that we won't be able to enjoy the fruit from, but somebody else will? Yeah. In Proverbs 13, it says... A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. How cool. I'll be multi-generational thinkers. I'll be good people. I'll be wise people. Last year, we saw our church in the midst of COVID, the midst of challenges, rise together and give to our miracle or celebration offering, as we call it. I just want to recap just for you as a church what we gave to last year and what that enabled for future generations. We had different kind of allocations. We had a home section, we had a world section, and we had a well section. Well, I'll do it in order home, well, and world. For our home, this is last year's offering. We're able to complete our cafe renovations. Now who here has been blessed by our new cafe? It, it's great. Amazing. Every, I, 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 we used it this week for something. It's just a nice space compared to what we used to have, if you remember that. We're able to implement a new FPOS system for church. We're able to upgrade outdoor sound. Don't know if you notice, we have speakers outside. Upgrade our fire safety. That's helpful. But it's big bucks. Don't know if you know that. We're able to repair after our huge rains. Our, cafe, our new cafe got damaged. So much rain this year. We're able to, I don't know if you noticed, but we've got all new cafe chairs and tables. New courtyard signage. These are things that we're able to do for home, around the property. The year before that, we did the playground for the kids. And that playground is something that will be here in many, many years. Awesome. Awesome generosity. We also have a heart and an anointing on our church to be a well of blessing for others. We can just leave those back doors open, guys. It's, it's all good. We've done things like we gave pastoral and COVID care packages in the past year. So when people got COVID, the church spent the money to send out care packages. If you didn't get one, we didn't know about your COVID probably. But for those who did, we looked after that. We're also able to bless regional pastors or pastors in our region with gifts and encouragement, especially in the post-COVID or COVID season. So when we found out pastors had an anniversary, we sent them flowers from Celebration Church. Yeah, how cool. We always do that. We always sign it. You know, it might be Brian, Charlie and Celebration Church family. We're able to encourage pastors in our region. Can I just say on this note, never get familiar with that. Hey, I work with pastors all the time. There are many, many who are struggling after COVID. The average attendance of people coming back to church post COVID, the stat at the moment is 40 to 60%. So, what's happening is pastors who are given years to church, COVID hits out of their control, and then only 40% came back and they feel like their souls have just been crushed because people are just decided the beach is better on a Sunday. And so, we have to make sure we pray for pastors. We we honour them. We take time. This morning, Angie's done that for Charlie and I. It is awkward for us when that happens, especially being introverted. It's awkward for me. But the kingdom's uh, truth in that is very powerful. And so what we do, we want to make sure we do that for other churches, other people. We also uh, did something, I don't know if you know this. But we actually built a house through compassion for a family overseas so we're talking about being a family a church family well we have now built a house overseas which we should get some photos of with last year's giving that actually built a family a home physically a home how amazing hey We talked about doing bathrooms, but we need a bit more cash for bathrooms because bathrooms cost a lot of money. Let me just read you about these these homes. They call them safe homes. Many children who are born in poverty live in unsafe and insecure places, houses with no roofs, floors, sewage or electricity. Your generous gift will help construct homes for children and their families, giving them a safe place to sleep, eat, and spend time together. A safe home is a source of comfort and stability that protects whole families from homelessness. That's you, church. That's you. Turn to your neighbour and say, that's you. Hopefully it was the person next to you. It was those who gave to last year. What we do is bigger than 8 Bellevue Street, South Narrow. This church will impact greater than our four walls. So this year we're launching the theme of It Takes a Village. And like I said before, Proverbs 13.22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A wise man plants a seed for a tree that he will never eat the fruit from. Let's be a house that has a generational mentality in Jesus' name. Do you want to hear about what this year's miracle offering is going to go towards? Here are a few things on the list bathroom renovations (laughs) bathroom renovations i don't know if you know this but this property used to be a drive-in theater so all those bumps you see in the car park were for the cars looking at a huge screen that was down the back and those bathrooms were around for that drive-in theater so you're going back? I don't know, 50 years, <coughs> longer. You went there. 80, 90? Just joking, just joking, Joe. <laughs> How old do you think? 30. <laughs> if you missed that, Joe used to go there as a kid. Was it a good driving, Joe? I remember the big screen because when I was a kid, we would throw rocks at it after church. And I was my arms were too weak to reach it, but the bigger kids they could reach it. So my bathroom was a very, very old. Did you know that in our courtyard there used to be? A square box, maybe two by two metres, about this high, that would vent all the sewerage out into our courtyard. (laughs) The smell of it. And I remember it, and I know it, because when people drive into our courtyard, Pastor James used to run out going, get off the pavement, get off the pavement, because he was scared that they would fall into whatever is under the ground in our courtyard. Aren't we glad that those before us had the insight to get rid of the sewerage venting system? <laughs> we could have sat around it today with scowly looks at our faces, blaming each other for the smell. <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> the other thing we want to give, and again, we, we actually have different sections. So we have backyard... Um, what are the three sections, Pastor Joel? City, nation, globe. Is backyard the first? Oh, there's four, sorry. Backyard, what we're going to give towards the backyard, which is here. City, how are we going to bless our city? Nation, how are we going to bless our nation? And the globe. So these are all on the backyard. We want to do things with our bathroom. We also want to do an outdoor hospitality area. Now, there's going to be a picture up for this. So this is, from this building over towards Wayne and Mary's house, back down to here, fenced off with an extended undercover area over here. No trees, there'll be no tree or grass. Fire pits, safe fire pits. Picnic tables, basketball for young people and a playground for our kids And what that enables us to do is post-service, parents can enjoy a meal or coffee under a really nice setting here and watch their kids play and kind of in a safe environment that's fenced off. Whereas right now what happens is if kids want to use the playground after church, parents have to be away from everybody else. So this enables people to then be a part of community but enjoy a really nice space that is both safe for kids... And enjoyable for parents. Does that sound good? So that's all going to change out here, which is cool. We also have auditorium upgrades. Are you ready for this one? And we are trying to work on sound, but this church's sound is terrible. I don't know if you've noticed. Not the guys. <laughs> the building. The acoustics are we had a sound engineer come in and literally say, in all his years, this is the worst acoustically-built building. <laughs> so, yeah. But what we want to do is use this part of this year's miracle offering, again, all this is finance dependent, on getting new, let's get it off on the screen, chairs. Yeah. And that is the chair. That is the chair. So your bottoms will be able to enjoy luxury. We've had these chairs since I was a kid here, and I'm pretty old. Like I've been here for 34 years, 33 years. These chairs have been here for a long time, and they've been faithful. Someone else paid for these chairs so that you could enjoy them. It's now time for us to pay for some chairs that the next generations can enjoy. Now, Joel has gone to Sydney and went and sat on this chair, a sample chair. So if it is uncomfortable, you can blame Pastor Joel. (laughs) But according to his standards, he said that they are very comfortable, but not too comfortable that you'd fall asleep, but they are quite comfortable they look pretty good too. How cool. You know what? In faith, we've already ordered them. They're on their way. <laughs> so those of you who bring pillows to church to sit on, you're going to have some pillow already on the. The second thing is this, city and nation. This one's a unique one, but it's something that's really powerful is we actually want to give part of our celebration offering to bless pastor's kids across our state. Now, I'm a pastor's kid. Most of you are not pastor's kids. I know what it's like to be a pastor's kid, and what I have seen throughout my generation is that the enemy will often try and get the kids off track Kids see their parents' pain, the pastor's pain, leading a church and there is pain involved and they take that as the church doesn't love my family. In other words, God doesn't love my family. And there is a very um, high percentage of pastor's kids, unfortunately, who leave their faith because of what they see their parents go through in local church. Please hear that with grace and open ears. It is a very... um, bizarre world that pastor's kids live in as a church here we make sure that whenever our pastor's kids have birthdays that our church gives them gives them a present from the church because we want them to know that the church loves them even though their parents might take time out away from family for the church the church still loves them so just recently it was jem's birthday so we made sure that we gave jem a present That's Joel's son, and he knows it's from our church family. I think that's pretty cool, and it's actually thinking about generations. So we actually want to bless pastors' kids, which I have never had this as a pastor's kid in thirty-seven years. Another church just randomly bless me and my brothers and brother and sister, just because God loves them. It's a really cool, cool concept. The opposite side of that is, if pastor's kids stay on track, they can become some of the most powerful ministers of the gospel because they've had a whole life of training. So that's why we've got to make sure and pray for, and pray for our pastor's kids here. Pray for my son. Pray for Joel's kids. Pray for Nat's kids. Pray that God would do something in them. In Jesus' name. The third one is this, and we've got to finish, but the third one is we want to impact the world. We believe in reaching out to those in extreme poverty and in need. And so this year we're going to be sponsoring five kids on behalf of our church. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to word it like this. We are adding five kids to our church family. They're going to be up on our weekly, whenever their birthdays are. You're going to, we're going to celebrate them and we're going to say to you if the church, if you want to write to them on their birthdays as a family, you can do it. Our kids are going to write to them. Our kids' ministry was going to write to them. Different people in church can send gifts at Christmas, and we're actually are going to help break poverty in Jesus' name. So we're going to, over the next few weeks, be introducing you to these five kids. Do you want to meet the first one today? Yes. All right, well, we'll bring, bring her up on the screen. She is very cute. She is, her name is actually pronounced Luz Marla. Ellie is at M A L A. She is four years old. And her birthday is the twelfth of March. And she lives in So Carmani, Bolivia. She lives with her mum. and her favourite activities are ball games, clapping hand to rhythm, and Sunday school and church. I hope your heart just expanded we've just added a little four-year-old from Bolivia to our family today and what's going to happen is is our giving you know very practically how and that's a commitment for the rest of their childhood so we can say we're going to sponsor 50 kids but that's 50 kids every year it isn't a one-off we're not going to sponsor them this year and then hand them back next year they are now part of our family Luz Mala. Luz Mala. We don't have a last name, do we? Celebration Church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a moment before we finish to pray for her and her mom. But by doing this, we're going to impact the world. So just to recap, this year's uh, miracle offering celebration offering which is going to be at the end of August is going towards bathroom renovations this is home outdoor hospitality inside upgrades it's going to our city, city and nation the pastor's kid project and it's going towards changing the world for these five families in Jesus name now if we get more money than we expect we will do more It enables us to impact more but I think those things already are very cool things for our church to consider in our hearts as generational thinkers and I'll finish with this when it comes to this type of giving you know our church is very blessed with consistent givers for some reason some people get funny around the subject of money but the reality is it's one of the few things we all have in common And the Bible talks about finance a lot. Don't be funny with money. You don't need to be. All money is is a tool that God gives us in order to bless. You know that? He gives you finance to bless, to expand kingdom. Bless your family, bless your marriage, bless others, bless yourself, but also bless others. Have really light hands when it comes to finance. Learn to handle it well, but also don't be stingy. Charlie and I, whenever we get blessed financially, we always make sure that we bless others well. Because otherwise, my hand starts doing this. I don't know if you notice it, but you start, oh, that cost me a lot work-wise, that cost me a lot with my time. And, oh, oh, this is my, this is, and God says, now open your hands and give. And so what Charlie and I do as we finish, just to give you wisdom, is whenever these things happen or these things come up, we pray. We ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there a figure that you want us to give? And we take that as a step of faith. And I encourage you to do that too. And for us personally, we always try and give more every year than the year before. But we make sure that we pray and say the Holy Spirit, because what his word does is it gives a grace for that. Does that make sense? If it's just based on your natural thinking, then what happens is, you're going to be just dependent on your natural resource. This is gold. Please, please just listen as we finish. You're being great. Listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. And with that comes the blessing. Yes. So, for this, pray as a family, pray as a married couple, pray as a single. Practically, it's six weeks. Put a bit of money aside every week from your budget. So, you don't get to the week before I go, oh my goodness, it's this Sunday. Be wise. But lastly, I want to say this. There is no, I don't I don't. be ever feeling compulsion from me with this stuff. It is a sacrifice of worship. If you choose to give a little bit or choose to give a lot, it's between you and the Lord and that's all that matters. Hence why I don't look at who gives what. It doesn't matter to me. It's more about as a church community going, let's put a Stake in the ground for the generations to come. And I know it's powerful, church, because of those dreams of shh, stop talking benign. Stop. No, God says lift your voice, lift your eyes, lift your expectation, lift your everything in surrender in Jesus' name. Does that sound good? Awesome. Um Greg. Is Greg in the house? Greg, do you want to jump up? Actually, can you and Helen both come up? Is that okay? I want to get you to pray for this, this new uh part of our church family. Is that okay? Greg and Helen are an amazing part of our church family. And they're very parental. And so I feel like it's it's just good that maybe if you can just lead us in prayer. Why don't we all stand to our feet?
0: Lord, we just want to thank you for what a great God you are. And we just think uh, of the things that Benaiah shared with us this morning, both for our own needs around the property here, and we think of uh, kids of pastors throughout this nation, and we think of this little girl, Luz Myla, in Bolivia. And we just want to pray your blessing on... All aspects of this, just uh, speak to us in what you'd have us to give, and that when we give it will be a real blessing, not only to the whole projects but also to ourselves. So just encourage us. We pray. We thank you for uh, the leadership team that have brought these projects to us and researched it, and we just pray in every aspect of uh, this celebration offering. That will be a great blessing, not only to our church, but to our city, our nation, through pastors' families and through these children overseas that we'll have uh, be able to write to and encourage as well. So we thank you for this now and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.